Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this podcast, Yovana the Ageless, where our mission is to unleash everything about living ageless in collaboration with the experts in ancient healing practices from all across the world. Yovana the Ageless is an experiential ancient lifestyle online platform with focus on ageless living. This space has emerged from our innate desire to impart knowledge and experience on living ageless at body, mind, and consciousness level. Yovna ecosystem is all about knowledge sharing and living a traditional lifestyle driven from a medley of worldly timeless wisdom of yoga, Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, microbiotics, qigong, and raw alkaline and living food philosophy. At Yovna, we share this timeless wisdom in collaboration with experts through this podcast and courses on our Yovna platform conducted by global experts in ancient modalities. On this platform, we discuss everything from foods to rituals, to lifestyle, to yogic and ancient movement practices like Qigong, Ayurveda, and much more. Here you learn to live a way of life to regain Yavna, the youth, living by the wreath, the universal order of healing and agelessness. We invite you to realize the divinity of your innate potential to remain ageless with us on this platform, Yavna. Hello, Hello. I have you. I'm good. Thank you. I hope your uh, Instagram live joining journey was all okay. Yes, a little bit trouble. First time for me, and I'm not very no. good with social media. No, so. no. Everybody has a first time. Even I had the first time, so that's perfectly okay. And thank Can you so you much. Have? Yes, yes. yes, 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 yes. You're quite audible. Well, yeah. So firstly, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I was just talking to our audience and trying to tell them, you know, how how did I come to know about you? I know you, but I I know you don't know me, so I'll just create a base around you know how I did uh, came to know about you. So I was I am into yoga for last six years almost, and I had been looking for a really um, uh, you know deep rooted traditional kind of yoga knowledge uh, in specific modality into yoga, which was about you know Yin yoga. I was w- wanting to learn, and so I was looking for various online courses during pandemic times, and I just chanced upon uh, your website. and it just clicked me because you know the kind of the way you expressed yourself from the vedic perspective and the the uh, the, the, the entire curriculum what it talked about was not just at the superficial level it was not just only talking of those asanas and you know uh, the benefits which which of course you know everywhere we see around but it was much more deep rooted aspects that i could see when uh, mentioned that you were uh, covering so this is where i went ahead and enrolled for this program and uh, it was not just yin yoga that i learned but along with it um, some of the concepts which were not clear to me from the vedic perspective like the concepts of five elements concepts of prana is something that i got a little deeper into it which is really helping me out in in what i'm trying to set up so just to give you the context we um, i'm the founder of swarasya we are india's first skin care and self care brand we are Uh, where we are trying to create awareness that beauty is inside out it's not an outside job or a one product miracle and as an extension of swarasya we've uh, recently launched a platform called yovana which is about bringing on board experts like you only with deep ancient knowledge so this platform is just about reviving the ancient knowledge mm-hmm. uh, you know global ancient knowledge so it's not just about ayurveda or yoga but even about traditional chinese medicine or macrobiotics or qigong so you know these ancient modalities so we are actually working towards creating a base where we can actually bring about experts like you and uh, talk deeper about these modalities and how the science of life or living is very deeply rooted to the principles that these ancient sciences have always talked about rather than looking at them from a very superficial perspective which is what we are doing right now and one of the reasons why we are suffering a lot from the health perspective it's just one directional thing that we are doing right now right 
yeah so uh, ram uh, i had thought i will introduce you but since you are there i think you are the best person to introduce yourself so over to you just help us understand who you are you know what do you do uh, about your ashrams when did you start and you know your the vedic roots i think this is one thing that our audience is really interested to know about because not many people are into yoga and veda together okay so over to you so so basically uh, my name is ram i am from a jain family from india so the family is very spiritual and uh, very strict in following the principles i studied in vedic school as a in childhood instead of a regular uh, western public school so i got my information and knowledge from there and everything was taught in a gurukul system Mm-hmm. so it was very beneficial now mm-hmm. i see that <laughs> that yes. i'm not like that's where the world is moving i guess yes and uh, uh i came to holland in 2007 and then mm-hmm. i started my yoga school here and uh, from yoga studio then i started in yoga ashram because i always wanted to have a yoga ashram i spent a lot of time in ashrams as a mm-hmm. child so i always wanted to have so what is the difference if you just help us understand like when we say ashram or when we say yoga school how okay. do you differentiate So a yoga ashram is basically a residential yoga school. So you go yes. there, you live there. It's like a monastery in the modern terms. Mm-hmm. You can say like mm-hmm. modern okay. people say monastery. So you go okay. there, you live there. It's minimal, mm-hmm. and everything you learn is uh, intensive. You are taking an immersion. You are not doing yes. anything else. You are just learning all the time. I could get that sense when I was doing your program also. So. Uh... thank you for clarifying that i guess that 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 really helps so okay so um how how so how did you finally got into yoga was it because you had those vedic roots and you finally had decided that you'll be into in this in school okay so uh, in school i was learning all the vedic information all the scriptures yoga mm-hmm. when i grew up actually i did not start to teach yoga immediately i went mm-hmm. into other fields like dance and music and all Mm-hmm. and but then later on i came back to yoga to okay. teach and uh, it went well mm-hmm. so i continued teaching it and how did holland happen from india like since you know you were I from very i came to holland actually for dance exchange for a dance program okay oh. and then when i came here i liked it very much so mm-hmm. i came back and uh, i did not find a job mm-hmm. to you know survive mm-hmm. and uh, then i started my own yoga classes Mm-hmm. and then slowly it grew from there and now we have two ashrams great so uh, ram i think a uh, few things that i would really want our audience to know about you before i get into the core of the session so ram jain is the founder and director of arhanta yoga ashrams which are um, uh, the ashrams are in india and netherlands in india where are you uh, where are your ashrams um, uh, Kajuraho. Okay, nice. Central. So you are okay. So these ashrams are there since 2009 and um, from your ashrams about 6000 plus yoga teachers have graduated till date that's right yes. yeah and ram is amongst f- selected few yoga teachers with vedic background and his style of yoga is deeply inspired by uh, vedic philosophy ram has 21 years of experience uh, yoga experience and his teaching approach is a blend of classical hatha yoga merged with ancient indian scriptures along with modern anatomy and physiology so there can be nothing more complete than this uh, ram i'm sure like you know everything coming in together so i think i'll start my first question from that point only like um, 
in modern times the way we look at uh, the health conditions which are happening like if, let it whether it be pandemic or any health conditions that uh, you know people have uh, we try to relate it more to the physicality of ourselves right but uh, a lot is to do with how the kind of stress and the lack of movement and when i say lack of movement doesn't mean that we are not walking or moving but it's more about that strategic movement that has to be there in the body to be able to stimulate those organ systems inside which can keep working right yeah so just help us understand in uh, these 21 years of your experience that you had how do you think uh, and plus you know you come from uh, the time when yoga was not known much so start from that point on till today in 21 years how do you think that um, yoga has really helped people to take back control of their health from the preventive perspective yes the biggest change i see that people have started to move as holistic earlier if you uh, see people will do exercise but they were doing mostly for the muscles or for the joints right but yoga asanas actually help the internal organs mm -hmm. so your digestion works better your breathing works better your other body systems start to function better and which improves the overall health right it brings the stress down because we start to focus inwards and in mm -hmm. now rather than focusing looking in the mirror or looking at other people we start to focus inwards mm -hmm. and that brings the change and in that also you start to focus on breath so your nervous system starts to also support your exercises mm -hmm. right and uh, uh, so uh, when when it's about asana pranayama and meditation i think these three are like sisters with each other no, yes. none of them is complete with with, with uh, without the other one right mm, asana is done for purification of physical body right okay so you want to remove the toxins from the body you want to have the digestion systems working digestion system and other systems working properly so this is one important point that i think i would just help the the audience also to get deeper into it because in my practice also and with my peers also the way yoga is happening these days uh, it's it's i i mean i would not be ashamed to say that it's more of a circus going on at a lot of places it's like you know uh, just those movements going on but there is no essence to those movements actually happening and uh, so i don't think we are actually able to uh, grasp the 100% benefits of what that time and that yoga practice can give us unless until we align it best with our breath and with that uh, state of consciousness is that right correct so yeah so uh, so when you have been teaching for last 21 years what has been your experience into this like of course you know you being a teacher i think you can guide people how to go about it and this is where the teaching style actually matters but people who have learned from you and who have um, imbibed this and who are spreading the word forward how do you think from the um, uh, from the knowledge perspective from the from the practical perspective the same value is going out like it's not just like you know people not seeing yoga as merely a physical part of it but combining your breath and consciousness together to see how you know how beautifully things just happen from the inside i cannot say how much is going forward because every teacher includes their own personality and their own ideas and understanding into it but mm -hmm. what we try to really teach here is to make understand that asana is not just a pose you know people say yoga pose so mm -hmm. asana is not a pose you cannot just right. pose something and say this is asana and that's what mm -hmm. is happening actually these days right. asana by definition is sthir sukham asanam steady comfortable state of body and mind is asana so the steady think, state yes so i think i would uh, also want to just focus on one important point here uh, again coming from my own experience also that uh, we try to achieve these highest states of uh, postures like you know the 
toughest ones or the difficult ones so how do you think even if we are doing the simplest of the posture uh yes. what makes it really powerful even if it is the most easiest one that anybody can do maybe something like just you know sitting with a straight spine and just uh, focusing on your breath even that is an asana right but that's what i'm explaining yeah. so what i tell to my students that we did a 2 hour class but mm-hmm. maybe in 2 hour class you were doing 2 minutes of asana mm-hmm. rest of the time you were trying to get into asana because your body was not steady and your mm-hmm. mind was not steady you were thinking something else you were focusing on other people you were trying to get into asana you were not in state where your body and mind was steady so actually the shape of the body does not matter what matters is what is your state of the body and mind if your body is in balance and struggling or if your body is calm doesn't matter what is the pose mm-hmm. and your mind is focused and calm or are you thinking oh this person is doing like this she is wearing this pant very nice i also want to buy one when will i eat when the class will finish am i looking better than others Mm-hmm. so no the state of mind now the shape doesn't matter you are doing a headstand or you are just sitting in cross leg or sukhasan that is still an asana if you have that state of mind and body so it's better to start with simple poses get that state and then slowly progress with the difficulty of the poses that makes sense yes so again you know coming back to your experience uh, uh, um, how many people do you think are able to go by this approach where they are able to reach a state where Uh, they they actually are into that definition of uh, yoga stiram sukham asana uh, very very few because uh, it's very catchy it's very easy to get distracted by the shapes so mm-hmm. people want to do more and more difficult poses where they look more fancy so they can also mm-hmm. take some nice pictures and share mm-hmm. and all rather than going internal and that defies the purpose of asana because asana is internal and shapes are external okay so uh, okay coming back to my question like uh, again you know coming back to these pandemic times and the way yoga can actually help us so one uh, point of view that a lot of people actually directly relate to is that yoga helps our physical body and that's why a lot of people want to get into yoga but how how would you define how people can start understanding that when uh, the physicality of your body starts to change there are a lot of chemical changes happening in the body a lot of physiological changes happening a lot of psychological changes happening which means it's not just about practicing uh, you are actually making a connect with your body and mind together so you know how would you help people understand this this idea so uh, understand like this when we do poses when we do asana i will say i use word poses but i don't want to say poses but mm-hmm. it's just you know habit to keep saying yoga poses now to asana mm-hmm. poses common so when we do asana we start to come inwards and we start to come in balance and we move with this balance and that's why you have to have this breath and this focus and the movement together so you're moving holistically now this kind of movement is very very beneficial and that has been proved now so you can compare it to also water when the water is steady it's not moving it starts to stinks there's no movement yes all kind of toxins start to develop in it all kind of bacteria this and that but when the water is moving in a good natural flow it is fresh it is giving energy yeah it is healthy same way when the body is moving in this sense with proper focus with proper breath the energy flows in throughout the body 
so body reacts to it like you said the chemical reactions and that's why the people feel more energy positivity all these things happen and your mind is functioning better the fatigue is gone mm-hmm. yeah body pain is gone so that's what it does it brings this movement natural movement in the body mm-hmm. so which means we are gradually moving on to the actual topic that i wanted to discuss which is about the science of prana associated with yoga but i'll come to that question later there's okay. another question before that so you know now if we look at the way the modern world is going in terms of um, understanding exercise from both the perspectives whether it be yoga and gymming and if we look at specific health goals that people have whether it be strength or muscle building or uh, weight training whatever so there is i guess there is some level of misconception there that um, if it is about strength training and or muscle building or weight training uh, gymming is the way to go and for flexibility yoga is the way to go so uh, what do you think how true or untrue this is i think this is not correct you can also build a lot of muscle by yoga and you can also build a lot of flexibility in gym depending on what you do and how you do mm-hmm. so if uh, i remember when i was going uh, as an assistant in a class the teacher would always say to students don't go gym don't go gym he would always tell the boys mm-hmm. and i always thought why not what is wrong with gym because mm-hmm. i used to also go gym it just depends on how you do it if you are doing it consciously without mm-hmm. looking at the shape but also feeling what is happening looking uh, with the proper goal and mm-hmm. stretching all properly before and after proper warm up then is great exercise if done properly is always beneficial and that's what swami shivananda used to say proper mm-hmm. exercise not just yes. exercise proper exercise proper. that's right right so uh, do you think there is any difference between say 2 hours of yoga done in a specific manner where you start with the warm up and then you uh, you know move on to little stretching and then you get into the deeper postures and similarly same tenure of uh, gymming exercise maybe starting with the same pattern and doing those strenuous exercises and then getting into relaxation so where is actually the difference there the difference is that the, mostly the gym exercises are dynamic exercises so you are moving there you are not being just in one form and mm-hmm. in yoga asanas we are more steady so we become more aware because we are not concentrated on movement you can either focus on one thing or the other right and that's why the gym will not give you same internal focus even though it will give you focus you can be really focus and do the exercises but asana is more inner focus of course gym also gives you focus so that's why i recommend to do both if someone wants to do for muscles they should okay can do gym because yoga will focus more on internal organs mm-hmm. nervous system mm-hmm. gymming will also give you that but not so directly mm-hmm. it will focus more on the muscles and the joints okay okay so um uh, specifically from the yoga perspective if we say that you know the strength training part of it or the weight training or muscle building can happen with yoga also what would be those specific postures or sequence or uh, you know like asanas which can help people attain this because i guess this is one area because of which people don't actually actively get into yoga it's majorly you know their major focus is muscle weight and strength which is a misconception that only you know you can go to a gym and then attain it i i want to say one more thing yeah. uh, of course if you want this big bicep mm-hmm. this big bicep instead of this this big bicep mm-hmm. yoga will not give you that because mm-hmm. yoga works in a balanced way because you are using body weight so you're not right. going to get huge muscles but if you want that of course you have to go gym to lift extra heavy weight mm-hmm. if you do yoga you can get good tone and in natural way 
So there is a difference. You will not get same in the yoga. If your goal is to become a big, huge mm-hmm. muscle man, then you have to go gym. Then okay, but then muscle. yoga is more of a toned way of uh, body, which you will have muscles, but the the structure and that flexibility and that flow will reflect when in you. In the work. ratio of the natural ratio of the body. Ratio of the body. And a lot of balancing exercises, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, arm balances, for example. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of exercises which help you. Plus, there's one more thing which is I see in my personal experience. When you go to gym, you are working on big muscles. Right. In yoga asanas, we work in all the small muscles. Very, like, very valid point. Yes. So all the small muscles, and for example, the foot muscles, you know, all mm-hmm. the arch muscles, all, mm-hmm. all these muscles are getting worked when you're balancing. Whereas normally in gym, you are working on bigger muscles. Right. And that's the reason somewhere it is a little imbalanced as compared to yoga, which is more balanced right. because, you know, the whole body is getting involved there. Great. That's nice. So um, I think um, Ram, from the physical perspective, that's all I had for you, but I think I would want to get deeper onto the pranic side of understanding things. So my next question would be that um, the educational approach that I have been, you know, have experienced with you is more coming from the traditional side of understanding things and going to the roots of understanding, not just your body and mind, going beyond that and trying to understand these universal energies, right? Like the five elements concept or the five pranas concept. So, and this is a a concept that not a lot of uh, people relate to only a handful of them who've actually had this deep rooted in, in you know internal knowledge understand this and the ones who know this do not actually know how does it relate to our body from the practical perspective from day to day perspective so just help us bridge the gap between understanding uh, where it all starts from which is the five elements and from the body perspective uh, uh, you know the physicality of it is okay like we're having good foods we are moving and everything is okay but ultimately that food is also becoming prana inside ultimately that movement is also about regulating that prana the kind of uh, you know the breath that is going in is also we know it as oxygen but internally it is the movement of prana so everything boils down to prana inside the body how can a common person relate to this concept okay so first thing the body is made up of five elements according to ayurveda and we call it the foundational theory of ayurveda so if this theory is wrong that the body is made up of five elements which are earth water fire air and space so if this theory is wrong the whole ayurveda is wrong basically Exactly. So that's why we really, really believe in this theory that mm-hmm. it has to be correct. But practically, if you start looking deeper, I think it makes a lot of sense also once you actually know the entire cycle, how it works. So now to live, we have to maintain these five elements. And that's why we eat food, drink water, breathe air. Yes, because the, we need to renew these elements. So we eat fresh food when we get rid of the old food we have eaten. We take fresh breath and we remove the old breath. We drink fresh water, we remove the old water. Similarly, the space and the air. So that's the system of five elements in our body. So we we are doing this all the time. We know about it or we don't know about it. Hmm. Now, how better you maintain your five elements, how better you renew your five elements, the health of the body will be maintained. So that's the concept of five elements. Now there's a concept also of five pranas. Yes, people generally say word energy. In my classes, people often keep talking. Whenever I say, okay, what is this? They say energy. Now, energy is a very, very vague and a broad word. 
generally i say if you don't understand something you can just call it energy mm-hmm. but not all energy is same for example mm-hmm. the energy in the pencil cell in the battery and energy in the red bull and energy in food is different yes so you cannot just eat pencil cell and say okay i got my energy mm-hmm. there are different energies so we have five kind of basic prana now prana basically you can understand is life force and life force means the force we need to be alive mm-hmm. so there are living activities for example i am talking so for that i need force is not just oxygen is energy is force right. i'm using so this is like one example for breathing i need force for thinking i need force sometimes when you are tired this force is finished then you have no energy to think and then what you do you go outside get some sun or eat some food and then we have again this energy we refresh this energy so we have five pranas and they come through different sources i don't know how deep we want to go into it normally i talk one hour about it just pranas mm-hmm. so i will just say briefly so for 10 minutes i think whatever you can speak you please go ahead yeah. and feel free to I'll, speak about it i will say briefly so five pranas we have each we get from different sources for example mm-hmm. we get the upper level prana which is above the heart for all the activities and moving eye moving brain working breath talking that we get from the sun and uh, which means sun is important very important sun, sun is very No that's another there. misconception that a lot of people really need to go no, beyond because that is really important because yeah. that is giving the whole the higher prana we call it udana then mm-hmm. there is pran which is coming through breath that's mm-hmm. why we need to breathe breath stops the flow of prana stops and then mm-hmm. we die because prana functioning is heart beating this prana beats heart then we have another one then we have for digestion all the digestion we need force that's why some people have fast digestion fast metabolism and some people have slow because they have less or more of that prana mm-hmm. that comes from food and from physical activity only Then, one will not serve the purpose right so there's a lot of 100% focus like you know a lot of modalities coming in saying increase your hydrochloric level acid or increase your digestive enzymes or uh, but without any movement so there, there's co-joining is not happening nobody's talking of that co- importance of co-joining right both happen ayurveda says physical activity and food so we'll go hand in hand hand then we have vayan which is basically for the circulation of all the liquid juices in the body mm-hmm. uh, all the nutrition movement and that is coming from water and that's why we need to drink water and renew our water because old water will not do the same circulation right and then we have a force of excretion which is apan so all the excretion yawning sweating vomiting pooing peeing that is coming from apan mm-hmm. and that also we get from earthy food very earthy food right like potatoes carrots the heavy food so these we need to have mm-hmm. if we don't have these then we don't have enough energy for these activities that's uh, ram before we move forward i think i have a question for you here and I, i i guess this is a very important question for all the listeners also a lot of people suffer from constipation and in my practice you know being a nutritionist um, uh, constipation is something uh, that i really have to deal with as a fir- very first primary concern irrespective of whatever health conditions they have right uh, so uh, when it is about constipation uh, the 
generic mindset is uh, either you know of course you improve upon your fiber intake and then you improve upon your water intake and still if the problem does not get resolved then you uh, go ahead with these uh, you know herb solutions or maybe ease of goal or, or stuff like this which can really create bulk in your system and uh, again this is coming from a practical experience takes me loads of time and effort to actually explain my um, clients also that only foods you have the best foods best fiber you know good water intake everything still if you want that complete evacuation sense of complete evacuation where you just feel free within yourself is absolutely not possible until unless your the lowest prana is 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 in its activated force um, yeah. yeah how true is that completely correct that's what i said some people don't have enough pan so they're always constipated which is commonly oh, and why... vata people so you see vata people the mm-hmm. uh, air people mm-hmm. so that's why because they have le- they have a lot of udan so they speak very mm-hmm. fast they move a lot but their digestion mm-hmm. is always very sluggish because their pan is low and okay. no matter of food or water you need that force if you just don't have that force it will take time for it to collect and give you that motion so what are what, what do you think from the practical doable perspective what uh, from maybe you know some tips from ayurveda or some tips from uh, uh, yoga practices and of course food and everything what do you think what can be a good approach for somebody to improve upon their um, you know apana power so that things really move nicely within So, like I said, apan we get from heavy earthy food. So, mm-hmm. people with low apan they need to include heavy earthy food. So, more of potato, for example. Okay. Yeah. More of rice. More more heavy food, grounded. Okay. So okay. that brings apan with it. So, when they have to digest that, they will get more apan, and apan will give them a good motion. okay so which means the theory of uh, not having enough carbs and not having these foods like you know even uh, there are, there have been theories about not having much of potatoes and all that stuff this theory kind of gets defied with the concept that you're talking about right yes yes in ayurveda we consider potato very good okay of with course, the peel or without the peel with peel if it's biological peel has a lot of nutrition but again even if you take without peel you are taking the potato Mm-hmm. and again amount is always how mm-hmm. food no food is bad or good it depends on how much you take how you take and when right and of course what's going on within your body that has an yes. role great pointers uh, ram i think that will really help the listeners because this is one point even i do understand but it becomes really you know challenging to actually talk of these concepts because not many people want to relate to this concept of moving away from their sedentary way of life and they want everything in the food as a solution to take control of their conditions but it doesn't work like that actually yeah great so uh, from here i'll go a little more deeper i'll get into the vedas now because i guess that's the core from where you come from so um, help us understand what is a vedic lifestyle some part of it why, why i'm asking this is because this is something little i started studying about and reading about and i don't know frankly much about it but i can still figure out that there are, there is a specific way of life that has been defined in vedas and we are completely living an opposite way of life so when we say that our health conditions are happening because my food is not right because my environment is not right because i have a lot of stress it has to do a lot to do with um, with we are not in sync with the way the vedic sciences have aligned us to the forces of nature and because we are unaligned with those forces of nature that's that becomes a beginning of conditions at the subtle level which starts to manifest in the body in all these conditions that we start to see so we we are just able to see layer 1 but there is much happening at layer 2 and layer 3 which is unseen right so 
what is this vedic lifestyle how a common man can understand this and start to you know really work on this aspect so in simple way if i have to say briefly vedic lifestyle is life of balance and in line with nature so in vedic lifestyle we are always thinking of balance we are not thinking of excess generally what i see these days people want to have excess but not balance so they want to let's say have exactly a, a lot of success in business or work or a lot of success or a lot of traveling or a lot of uh, just focus on diet or a lot of focus mm-hmm. on relationship but not really balance and vedic lifestyle is about balance so you want to have balance in your health in your career in your leisure in your relationships in your spirituality and in your lifestyle okay which means uh, the way of life when we say it has to be balanced that balance has to be everywhere so when we talk of foods and when we think of fads like excess of protein or you know going away completely from carbs or so that is from the food perspective is not the the That's right balance of uh, but for short term it might help you because you may have certain imbalances just to bring about yes. that balance yes. and then get back on to a balanced way of life similarly from the lifestyle um one uh, i think one important thing that i would really want to talk of is when when, when we are talking of vedic lifestyle how important is it to follow dinacharya ayurveda dinacharya oh is very important <laughs> but then you have to yeah. know your body type mm-hmm. so dinacharya is very important because then it helps you to stay in balance much easier you know what to eat how often to eat how much to eat what kind of activities you should do then dinacharya basically defines your lifestyle what lifestyle is suited for you mm-hmm. so that's of course brings so, balance much easier so that will vary person to person depending what kind of uh, person you are like you're more of a vata or a pitta or a also, kind of what is your lifestyle what work do you do okay. if you are a labor or if you are sitting behind the in computer whole day okay. so a lot of things will come into the factor then so i have another question coming out of what you said so a lot of people who are working into specifically in these pandemic times have been working in late night shifts and because there has been no control on the way we are living so the timings have been really upside down and when we say that aligning ourselves with the nature which means having a specific time to wake up specific time to sleep and following that rhythm is something that has broken for a lot of people even if it was there earlier so do you think that is right and if it is not right and if we really need to align ourselves with the nature and for the people who do not have choice who have their jobs uh, say late night they don't have a choice they have to work so what is the next best possible option for them to make sure that they are even with that lifestyle they are little more closer to to a natural way of life it's a difficult question because i am a very firm believer that uh, we have to follow just the nature because we are micro version of the nature actually exactly. we are not different we are micro version of the nature so like earth has 70% water we have 70% water earth has 20% oxygen we have 20% oxygen right we are a micro version so if imagine if earth is not doing well the sun is not coming in the daytime is coming in the night times mm-hmm. like, you know it happens uh, like jet lag is like you know just completely makes you go crazy right exactly so i am a firm believer that we have to adapt for a balanced life we have to adapt to the laws of nature and we have to do the same thing we have to follow them but of course now we try to change the rhythm uh, body is very strong so body can actually adapt a lot much more than we think mm-hmm. but whenever it adapts it has to suffer in some other way it has to right. compensate in at some at the other bargain way. of one thing you are taking in some other thing 
Yes. So I cannot say that, okay, just do this and it's okay to stay awake whole night and sleep in the day and it will be fine because I don't believe in that. Now, even I don't believe in it. And that's why I asked you this question because I really want our audience also to, to kind of, you know, it's kind of a stamping that even I keep saying that, you know, those timings are important and if, and plus your hormones, I guess that is the key to what is going on majorly within you and hormones love discipline. Hormone, the first thing that will spoil hormones is, is bizarre timings, right? Body needs structure, simple. You need to give a structure. Okay, this time I eat, this time I sleep, this time I wake up. If you do that, then body adapts very quickly and it knows when to digest, when to give you energy to work, when to give you relaxation. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Great. So, uh, Ram, my last question to you would be, uh, now, when we talk of aging, right, and there's a lot of uh, word around anti-aging and so this is actually our theme also under Yovna. We really want to bring about the concepts of uh, ageless living, not only from the outer physical perspective, but talking of how, you know, everything matters, uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So if we look at aging, it doesn't happen in a day. Like uh, in your 40s and 50s, somewhere if you start to see some things are not working well for you, aging will also mean that you have a lot of mucus. Aging will also mean that you're, you, ha you are high on gastric stuff or uh, Anything from, you know, the signs showing up on your face and body to whatever is going on within the body. And everything has a role to play, whether it be the wrong lifestyle or wrong foods or stress or toxins, whatever. So um, having said that, there is, we also know that yoga way of life is the most potential anti-aging way of life, right? So just, just help us understand this concept a little deeper from the practical perspective, like how physically, mentally, emotionally it is creating that balance so that those, uh, you know, those anti-aging parameters are already starting to get balanced inside our body. Okay. So to explain this, I will first give an example. Maybe then it will be easier for people to understand. You know, uh, how long a turtle lives? 100 plus. 100 plus, no. 200, 300. Yes. yes. How long a dog lives? 10 years. Okay. What is the difference in them? How do they breathe? It's fast and slow. Fast. Dog is always stressed, running around. Right. Turtle is slow and calm and taking it easy. The other difference in them is metabolism. Mm -hmm. The dog has very high metabolism. Okay. Turtle has very low metabolism. So okay. science has already figured out that low metabolism means longer life. So high now again, this concept takes us again from the, the concept that that's in for a long time that, you know, people are just working doing anything to increase their metabolism. So that theory is also not right. That means. Yeah. According to Ayurveda. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Slower metabolism will give you longer life and slow aging and higher mm -hmm. metabolism will give you, okay, better look, you'll be skinny, but you will also for a short time faster. for a short period of time. Yes. You will age definitely faster. Okay. So if you want to have a longer, healthier life, then we need to slow down our metabolism. Okay. And what, what, what are the ways to do that? Because till now, everybody has been working on increasing the metabolism. How do we go the other way around to slow down the metabolism? Balanced diet. Because when the diet is balanced, you will have need less energy to digest it. So less processed foods, no meat, no fish, no, no flesh. So natural food, vegetarian, vegetarian diet. Mm -hmm. Then body needs less energy to digest it. And when it needs less energy, you will also eat less. And the body functions will be required less, less. And you'll be much more energetic. Much more efficient. 
sufficient and energetic right yes. so uh, ram uh, i think this is this uh, uh, this is i think we are coming from a space where yogic science uh, and now i guess this is more of a yogic concept where the yogis had understood that each specific kind of food has a specific kind of energy and for a yogi to reach that stage of spirituality they did not wanted any interference coming in from everywhere whether it be the kind of foods which are giving them giving them that uh, maybe you know that negative energies and that's the reason yogic way of eating or a monk way of eating is 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 a very specific one very on the vegetarian side high on vegetable high high prana foods right yes. high, so so um how do you think this way of life do you think this way of life is 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 possible for a common man to live considering we are surrounded with so much of a fad around and you know the the focus is muscle so then the protein has to be high and if the protein has to be high then animal foods are are a complete uh, you know uh, is where people look forward to majorly or if it is a say keto diet or gluten free diet or whatever so what's your take on that uh, i firmly believe in vegetarian diet i have been raised vegetarian like i'm jain mm-hmm. so in often my classes people have this question because people in west are very used to eat uh, meat Mm-hmm. so i give this example if you think about it who is the strongest animal on the planet dinosaurs bulletproof skin weighs mm-hmm. 3 tons with one hit he breaks the whole tree mm-hmm. he is completely vegetarian he right. has all the protein he needs just from the grass and plants right largest animal elephant mm-hmm. on the land vegetarian fastest animal who can run for hours for days horse vegetarian right right he has so much energy just from the grass that he eats grass without salt and pepper every day just grass so we have tons of uh, ex- uh, examples that being vegetarian is sufficient there is no need need for for to eat meat or fish for protein there is enough protein in the natural vegetarian diet right and i guess if we uh, somewhere this theory also seems to be true if we look at the other side of it if you look at say tiger or a lion i mean they they might they will have that whole uh, you know animal at one in, one time and then for days they are just off to sleep no energy lethargic dull and right so that's the kind of energy that uh, that kind of food is giving you amazing that's right so which means aging when we say it's um it's it's, it's more of a phenomenon of keeping your body free flowing moving and clean from within right yes okay and not going by those typical fads like only muscles or only this and only that so that that's yeah. a very broken way of looking at things yes not yeah. so isolated way yes. right so uh, ram i think i am done with my questions anything else that you would want to add to you think that you know uh, something i should have asked and you would want to add on to anything in the meantime i also uh, i'll also open up the platform for any questions for the audience sure. if they have and we can then t- start taking the questions so yeah i mean if anybody has any questions please uh, drop in your uh, questions in the comments uh, ram is there with us to answer that this is your chance to ask questions about ayurveda or vedic science to ram you don't get many people who can answer that so just take the opportunity and ram in the meantime maybe you can just add on to whatever you think you would want to yes i'm thinking about uh, no problem what so yes i was saying when in the beginning uh, asanas are for physical purification so they help to yeah. purify the physical body remove the toxins and all pranayam is for energetical purification it mm-hmm. helps us to purify our nadis our channels so the prana mm-hmm. can actually flow right now okay. we have to breathe and we cannot hold the breath for long we lose the prana and then we have to breathe again 
Mm-hmm. So that's why pranayama is necessary to make mm-hmm. that strength in the energy body. Okay. And me- meditation for focusing, developing the focus so we can retain energy. Lack of concentration is also losing energy. Right. So that brings me to another question, Ram, from my end. Uh, again, a very common problem with, I guess, all of us, uh, specifically the ones who are working in those closed environments. There are these phases of crashes that are happening, like two, three hours you're working in front of the system and there would be a time then your mind is completely in a frenzy state and you don't know what to do. And the only thing that you know is just hit that um, vending machine for a, maybe a cup of coffee or a tea. What I believe, I think maybe, you know, uh, you, I believe would be on the same lines considering, you know, it's the same language that I'm understanding. Uh, so it's basically that lack of energy happening at the upper part of the body, right. which cannot be filled in with that cup of tea or coffee that will keep you, may take you again. You know, that is a quick uh, knocking so that you immediately rise up. But that need for energy is still not there, uh, has not been uh, taken care of, which can only happen rather than taking that cup of coffee or tea. It's better to take five or seven minutes of breathing break. What do you say? Like, is, is that understanding right? See, what happens, like I told you, we get done from uh, sun. So when we are focusing, we are spending that udan energy. Now, when it's finished, that's why people go to tea or coffee, because tea and coffee both are grown in sun. So they're absorbing sun. Okay. And when we drink coffee, it gives that sun power to us. But because oh, okay. it's a processed energy, it's a second-hand energy, it's not the same, it goes out mm-hmm. very quickly. And that's why with coffee, again, after half an hour, one hour, you're empty. Okay. But if you sit outside, you take fresh air and you take fresh sun, mm-hmm. and you have developed capacity of absorbing that prana properly, you mm-hmm. can. You don't need it. I, I don't drink coffee whole day and I can work whole day. So your stuff. breaks are these in between breaks uh, under in fresh air or under the sun is is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I think that's uh, that's really interesting. So I think we can, we have a few questions. So somebody has asked uh, pit, about pitta imbalance. How can we maintain that? Like how, how for, can we maintain balance for pitta? Okay. For pitta imbalance, it's very important to understand what is pitta imbalance. Pitta imbalance is that you tend to collect fire in your body, and the best way to break out the fire, get rid of that fire is to exercise to sweat. Pitta people need to sweat every day. Not by sitting in the hot room, but by exercising. I can vouch for that because I'm I'm a very pitta kind of a person. Over years, I realized that because I'm very, you know, into passionate kind of a person, completely into doing my things and very focused on what I'm doing. And I realized the day I am, so, you know, if that energy doesn't have a vent out in my work, then it will make me sluggish. So I have really have to either put that energy in my work or I have to go out and have a good run or a jog to bring about my energy. If yes. that doesn't happen, then I'll be sluggish the whole day. You have to sweat every day. That's the easiest way. You can all do half an hour of running or some exercise if you have pitta imbalance. Just run or sweat it out. You have to sweat it out. Fastest way to get balance. So the, uh, is is this the same protocol for the other two types also, like Kapha no, and no. Depends on, no, depends uh, on other person types. Okay. Okay. Then we have another question. Uh, Somebody is asking a place to understand Hatha Yoga from the foundation. So I guess no, none better than Ram. They have their own online courses and I've taken one of their courses and the way he presents is just amazing. That's the reason I reached out to him for this live also because I was completely blown by the way he explains things. So Ram, uh, maybe you can just mention your website and people, if anybody's interested, can just watch you on your website and look out, look out for your courses there. Okay, sure. But if you could just help people understand what kind of courses do are you into, I think that'll help. 
all of them? Um, we teach basically classical yoga. So we teach Hatha yoga and we teach teacher trainings now. So we teach Hatha yoga teacher training. We also teach Yin yoga teacher trainings. I studied Yin with Paul Gurley, the founder directly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, we have very similar ideas. So I like him and I like his courses. So mm-hmm. I teach Yin yoga. It's basically half part of Hatha yoga. It's not something new actually. Yeah. And uh, my wife teaches Vinyasa yoga. She is okay. expert in Vinyasa. So we teach yeah. also Vinyasa. I teach mm-hmm. Yoga Nidra. Uh, I teach Pranayama courses. And I give mm-hmm. some beginners Ayurveda courses. Okay. So uh, and all these are online courses or they have to be done at your center? Uh, we have at our ashrams. But because of Corona, we've been also brought all these courses now online. Yeah. And I can vouch for your courses. I've taken one of them, uh, which is an online course. And it has been an amazing journey. So if anybody is interested, can definitely look out for it. So you can just, in the comment, you can mention your website name. So people can just have a, you know, look into uh, what all you offer. In the meantime, I guess somebody has this question. Vata, somebody living in uh, Japan, difficult to maintain balance and these in these extreme seasons. So it's very hot and humid summer, cold, humid winter. So with those kind of weather conditions, um, I think the question is around uh, how to balance Vata or Pitta uh, is what I understand. Like this, uh, this answer question, this can just clarify a little bit more. Or maybe uh, what I understand is that uh, one part of it is being understanding yourself from within, which is what kind of a person you are, Vata, Pitta or Kapha, and the kind of energies are moving within you. Is it cold energy or damp energy or heat energy? And how does it relate to the weather outside? So that mismatch happens as the change of weather happens. So, you know, how do we bring about balance in that seasonal uh, thing? Uh, okay, that's a tricky one because some the, these days the weather is changing so fast and it's so unstable that you feel it inside. Like I said, we are micro version of the macro. So if weather is unstable, we become unstable. And Vata-Pita combination by itself is a difficult combination to balance because what balances Vata increases Pita and what balances Pita increases Vata. So you have to be extra careful with your diet and with your lifestyle. I highly recommend you to meet a good Ayurveda doctor and ask him to help you design your good Dincharya or your good lifestyle. Okay, great. So and I think some also write me a message or an email if you can, you have, of course, but it's difficult to explain very briefly. Mm-hmm. On the... I understand it's, it's more of a getting deeper into this. Yes. So I, I think we have another question. What can you do to compensate working on shifts? I guess this is the same question that I had asked previously also, but you know, what is the best way out? Of course, it's not the hundred percent solution, but what yes, is the best way out? Of course, sometimes there's no option. Choice. Make sure you have your proper sleep and your eating times are regular. So, don't take sleep in breaks and don't compensate on your eating times. Make sure you have equal eating times and you are eating good food, lighter food, you are getting enough sleep. And same thing, what you will do in a normal day shift life, you will exercise, you will eat good, you will sleep good. And that's very important. Mm-hmm. Simple and solution. Some, some, some contact with people. That's also human contact right. is very important. Also. Right. Community. I guess that's the focus happening all around the world these days. How important it is. Yeah. Great. Uh, okay. So Ram, I think that was the last question. If anybody has another question, maybe we are there for another two to three minutes. You can ask, still ask your questions. And in the meantime, I guess uh, Ram, we have somebody else also who's taken some course from Arhanta. 
and they have the similar feedback like i have uh, you know very traditional and rooted to the roots is what um, very different from what a lot of other schools are offering for sure so thank you so much for sharing that and uh, okay so i don't think we have any other questions so on the ending note maybe ram if you would just want to add on anything and then maybe we can just uh, wind up the session just i want to wish good luck to all the viewers eat well sleep well exercise well and take care of yourself great thank you so much thank, thank you ram thank you for being there and it was really lovely having this thank conversation thank you everyone for joining Bye -bye. thanks bye